All right, we're live. So today, well, let's, let's first off, let's just give a little background brief on kind of what we're doing right now. So um, for those of you guys listening, last week we were, it was Easter, first of all, we were off for Easter. And then this past weekend, Caleb and I were both out of town, so we were not able to get a podcast out this weekend. So this week's, today's podcast, we'll be releasing one this afternoon. Um, and today's podcast is going to be covering events from last week. Um, so, and then next week we are going to record on a Monday as well. Um, cause again, our schedules are not going to line up for Saturday. So, um, we'll keep you guys updated on that, but we're going to be, um, releasing today's episode and then a week from today, a little bit later on Monday afternoon. Um, so today you want to go ahead and kind of get us into the first story then? Yeah. Yeah. So CBS is 60 minutes was in the news, uh, late last Sunday and on Monday morning over a very, very deceptive segment the network aired that smeared Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the way his administration rolled out the vaccine distribution program. CBS deceptively cut out nearly all of DeSantis' response. Um, And we're just going to play, we thought it'd be best just to go ahead and play exactly what went down. So take yeah, a- so the first the first part of this clip is um, CBS's kind of cut version of what they uploaded on their 60 Minutes episode last week. Um, and then the second half of the video is the actual interview. And you can see the parts that they kind of deceptively cut in and out. So here we go. We wanted to ask Governor DeSantis about the deal, but he declined our request for an interview. We caught up with them south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Long first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How is that not paid that, That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can get more to hospitals. We can do the Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's panicked. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. And so it's clearly not. Isn't there the narrative? No, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yes, sir. So first of all, what you're saying is wrong. That's that, that's a fake narrative. So first of all, when we did the the first pharmacies that had it were CVS and Walgreens, and they had a long-term care mission. So they were going to the long-term care facilities. They got vaccine in the middle of December. They started going to the long-term care facilities the third week of December to do LTCs. So that was their mission. That was very important, and we trusted them to do that. As we got into January, we wanted to expand the distribution points. So yes, you had the counties, you had some drive-through sites, you had hospitals that were doing a lot, but we wanted to get it into communities more. So we reached out to other retail pharmacies, Publix, Walmart. Obviously, CVS and Walgreens had to finish that mission. And we said, we're going we're gonna to use you as soon as you're done with that. For the Publix, they were the first one to raise their hand and say they were ready to go. And you know what? We did it on a trial basis. I had three counties. I actually showed up that weekend and talked to seniors across four different publics. How was the experience? Is this good? Should you think this is the way to go? And it was 100% positive. So we expanded it 
and then folks liked it. And I can tell you, if you look at a place like Palm Beach County, they were kind of struggling at first in terms of the senior numbers. I went, I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can get more to hospitals. We can do the publics. We can do this. They calculated that 90% of their seniors live within a mile and a half of a Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. So we did that. And what ended up happening was get 65 Publix in Palm Beach. Palm Beach is one of the biggest counties, one of the most elderly counties. We've got almost 75% of the seniors in Palm Beach. And the reason is because you have the strong retail footprint. So our uh, way has been multifaceted. It has worked. And we're also now very much expanding CVS and Walgreens now that they've completed the long-term care mission. Yes. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. And so it's clearly not. No, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. So there you have it. Obviously very, very, very deceptively edited. Yeah, I mean, you could see they cut out, what was it, like a minute 45, almost two minutes of his pretty detailed response, and they just completely cut that out. So, I mean. Now, I understand. There's 60 minutes. They get. They only get 60 minutes uh, to go over all the stories they're going to cover. But that was horrific. I mean, that's not the first time. It's To me, it's surprising that it was uh, such a, you know, well-known, established kind of network with CBS's 60 Minutes. I mean, that's been around for decades, that show has. And I mean, I, I, I get it from places like CNN and, and MSNBC where they've got a specific narrative that they want to push um, with regards to, you know, characters like Ron DeSantis, who, you know, they're not big fans of. So, I, I mean, I get if they're going to kind of manipulate or take things out of context, but right. 60 minutes is not usually someone to well, not a not a network that you would think gets super involved with with this kind of stuff. I would say they're not blatantly. Uh, this egregious and I mean we me and you both know that most of the media is like super left wing they may not yeah. come out right out and say it they may not come out right out and like put it on for show but this was bad this they pretty much showed exactly who they were and exactly what their pretty much what their motives were they want to get rid of him yeah DeSantis is not a well liked person on the left mainly because he identified so much himself with with President Trump and being such a pro-Trump kind of conservative yeah. guy. And he's, um, a, he's a strong conservative. And he is. And he's he, a contender. He acts the same way as, if anything, I think this this little you know scandal that just happened that CBS is getting blasted for is just going to make him more popular. I think because, it has. I mean, it, yeah. It's, that's, I mean, so they really shot themselves in the foot doing that. But it, actually, see, New York Post has an article about this, um, about this scenario that just happened. And actually, they... they this isn't the first time that 60 Minutes has done this. In 2004, apparently, they helped hand President uh, George Bush a second term because there was a story about Bush's service in the National Guard that blew up in their face. Um, and when it came out that Dan Rather had re replied or relied on uh, amateurishly forged documents. So, wow. you know, that's another example, I guess, of how they helped a conservative when they didn't really want to, and they're trying to create a story. And so that's kind of what's happening here. So I know DeSantis is one of the alleged front runners for potentially I think, I think running 2024. Is. So I mean, I we'll like see, him a lot. We'll see if he has a, you know, a, a exploratory committee for running for president, but 
if anything, this just helps him. But yeah, I, I, think, I, I can't believe that, you know, it's so blatant like that. Yeah, and they're trying to just tarnish the record. What he's accomplished has been pretty amazing. I mean, you're from Florida. You know how many publics there are. Oh, yeah. There's tons. There's, they're yeah, everywhere. Not, yeah. So it was obvious that it was a good shot, a good um, decision to make those vaccine uh, distribution um, buildings. Since there's so many, he said that 75% of everyone in Palm Beach, of elderly uh, individuals in Palm Beach were vaccinated so mm-hmm. far. Yep. That's, that is a great record right there. Yeah. With, uh, their public has 65 stores just in Palm Beach County. That's which crazy. is what they were talking about, that specific area. There's 65 public stores there. Um, 65 areas to go ahead and get your vaccine. And 90% of those seniors live within a few miles of a public. So, I mean, that, that that's all, those are all facts that he was talking about. That That's why that they, Publix was one of the first places. But again, they weren't the first. Like she said, it was CVS yeah. and Walgreens. Um, so, again, that was just a complete lie. Um, and so it's kind of weird that, what was her name, Alfonsi? I think that's right. Alfonso, yeah. It's weird that she kind of went after him like that and, and was so kind of disrespectful in the interview. Um, but, I mean, it's not – at this Which, point, it's not super surprising, she, I guess. She went in and she uh, – her questioning was for the soundbite. And then at the very end, she had to get another soundbite. Mm-hmm. The way that she uh, – I think they went in intentionally ready to – um, stir up drama. Stir up drama, ready to cut whatever they needed to to make him look bad. Because if you looked, if you look back, uh, back where they cut, mm-hmm. it was where she f- did a follow up question, and then he, uh, I mean, he didn't really snap. It was it was a snap, but it was a deserved snap back. Um, and then they got what they wanted. They wanted that um, that no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. You got that from Trump. It's yeah. exact, that's exactly what they yeah. wanted a clip of. Yeah, I mean, it's not – again, I know we just said this. It's really not surprising that they're trying to take him specifically down. Um, but it, it is really idiotic, in my opinion, that she would, would have done that because 60 Minutes was the only one recording there. I mean, the whole thing no, no. Was, was on – what is this, the Florida Channel? It's the a, Florida a local Channel. network recorded the whole thing. So, I mean, it's weird that you would not be smart enough to, to realize that, that they have that the raw footage and that they're going to release it. They got caught. People saw, yeah. They I got mean, caught their pants down. And yeah. uh, Twitter was blowing up about how disgusting it was. And eventually they uh, they came back yesterday, last night, um, Sunday night, as they come on every Sunday night. And at the very end of their show, uh, they did not issue an apology. It was kind of it no, just, they it was just, super weird. It was oh. really weird. It was they acknowledged that um, the issue they and they shared some emails. They shared one that was a positive email. Got to start out with that positive. Yeah, right. It was an email saying from a former newsman. From a, said, from, yeah. from a former news guy. Thank you so much for standing up and reporting the facts. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, I mean, it was disproved. So it's not a fact. I mean. And I think it was funny that they added in that he was a former newsman to someone who approves of misinformation, right? <laughs> and then they came it. back and they shared two negative emails, one of which said that he was never going to watch 60 Minutes Yeah, so one of the well, the third letter they showed was, was a guy that had emailed the show saying that he's watched 60 Minutes for decades at this point and that he will only be watching one more time and to see if his letter gets put on and it did and it did yeah so did. i guess he's not going to be he's done watching then um what? as i'm sure 
a bunch of other people should be at least, you know, um, you would, you would think when they get, at least when like CNN yeah. and places like that get blatantly caught like this, they issue some sort of apology. I mean, it wasn't even a, it wasn't an apology. There was no, I'm sorry. There was mm-hmm. no, we, we jumped to conclusions or we miss, you know, we miss edited something like that. It, it was not, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen as a response to a scandal that you just created for yourself. It's like they, she wanted to uh, kind of apologize, but like she, she wasn't going to do yeah, that. I mean, that was she, not. Couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't swallow her pride for that. So. She's like, we'll just share with you what everybody else is saying. We're not gonna come. We're not gonna say anything about it. We'll just let the people speak. Yeah, that was that was a weird scenario. But. Which and I think, like that guy, he's not gonna be watching sixty minutes. Other people are gonna follow, and I think we're seeing that across the board when these uh, media companies and then companies we're gonna talk about later when they come out and they are being disingenuous. Mm-hmm. People are just going to pack up and leave. Yeah. And I think that uh, I love America. This is one of the reasons I love America is because we have the freedom to choose. The freedom to choose what we want to do when we want to do it. And, uh, you know, other countries, they don't get the opportunity because there's not other uh, media companies they can go to. We yeah, state-run television and a lot of other places. Yeah. They don't have the luxuries that we do here with we, that. We get to shut down CBS mm-hmm. by hitting the channel button on the remote or going online and watching YouTube. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's what we're going to see. They, they're either, they're going to change or they're going to die. I mean, we'll see. And that's kind of a perfect segue into our second story, which is about the MLB um, pulling the all-star game Mm -hmm. from Georgia, from Atlanta. And I think that, what did they move it to Colorado? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They plan to move the game to Colorado. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a perfect segue. I don't know. And this was a big story last week. Um, arguably the biggest that we'll talk about today. Um, and basically what happened is in, in the last episode, if you listened, we talked about the Georgia voting bill that just came out. Um, and so a lot of Democrats and kind of woke companies uh, commented on it and kind of said that it was, it was, I know Stacey Abrams said that it was Jim Crow on steroids or something like that, or <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, Jim Crow in a, in a suit and tie, something like that. And uh, we, we played the clip last time. Biden caught the Jim Eagle. Yeah, it makes Jim Crow <laughs> look like Jim Eagle. I mean, don't even know what that means. It's basically attacking the bill for being, you know, disenfranchising minority voters is kind of what they were saying it would do. Basically, and and you can go over kind of again if you want briefly about like what the what yeah. the what the bill entailed. But I mean, we talked about this enough last episode. I mean, it's there's nothing in there that dis- disenfranchises voters. Absolutely not. You you can go and look at we listed everything that it did, uh, but just some. Um, background on the difference between Colorado and Georgia. Let's, yeah. let's take a look at these. <clears throat> In Colorado, all voters who voted the post, polls must provide identification. If you are voting by mail for the first time, you also need to provide a photocopy of your identification when you return your mail ballot. Georgia doesn't have none of that. Nope. Uh, Colorado has 15 early voting days. Georgia has 17 early voting days. Colorado matches signatures on mail ballots to make sure that, that uh, there's no forgery. All right. Georgia no longer does this. Yeah, no longer requires it. So basically in every way that you can secure kind of the election there, secure the voting, um, all of the restrictions are looser in Georgia than they are in Colorado where they just moved the game. And even that's including what potentially is offered in the bill. So, I, I mean, there's no point for 
the MLB to get involved. And I know the NFL has kind of done this recently and the NBA a little bit, and they've taken heat for, you know, kind of their stuff. Let, with- let me go back in fact here. When we, when we talk, we have to make sure that our facts are straight. Right. Georgia does require voter ID for in-person voting for in-person voting. And so I said that they didn't, they do. Okay. So the bill, the bill doesn't address things like voter ID specifically. It addressed the early voting period. Right. It address uh, serving food and drink in line. Yep. So you can, uh, and everybody was like, oh, freaking out about that. <laughs> you can, There actually can be drink in line. It just can't be manned. Like there can't be someone sitting there giving out. You can put giant tanks there and with self-serving cups, you just can't have someone giving it out. It's like a, I mean, it was really just to stop. So, I mean. You know, robbery, like here's a gift. Yeah. So uh, again, I mean. It, here's it a Coca-Cola. Here's a, you know. I mean, it really doesn't change anything for for who can and can't vote. I mean, right. it doesn't affect that in any way. And so MLB is just the latest, the MLB is just the latest sort of group, company, um, organization that is, is you know, kind of diving into politics when it really doesn't need to. It's not their place to be getting involved in this kind of stuff, especially on something that shouldn't even be controversial, this bill. Um, but for some reason is, and they're going to get involved and say, we're not going to host the all-star game there. That's been there for years. We're going to move it to Colorado because we don't support, you know, um, limiting or voting restrictions. We don't mm-hmm. support that. Um, but there are no voting restrictions really. in this. There's not. So, I mean, <laughs> if anything, one of the things it's going to do is protect your vote because one of the uh, items that they tackled on the bill was that if, um, they started counting. They could not stop. They couldn't go home and come back and continue counting the right. next day. So then that makes that. I mean, you should be happy about that. That specifically because it makes sure that your vote is counted. Right. Um, it's not changed. It's not lost. It doesn't get tossed to the side overnight. It, it doesn't know, get tossed to the side it's overnight. It's going to be counted that day. It all gets counted that day. Uh, your vote is getting protected with this law. And you know, I think, I believe. One of the reasons that MLB did this, and there are some other companies we can talk about that are making these stances come out, making statements. I think it's because they think that the loudest voice in the room, that being the hard left, um, they say, oh, Biden just won all this. If we don't do this, then we will um, look bad. If we don't do this, if we don't make this statement, then... uh, People are gonna head out, but I think the opposite's gonna be true. Uh, I, th- I mean, you uh, within just my personal circle. I don't watch a lot of baseball. I mm. watch a lot of football, but not a lot of baseball. Right. Uh, my friends that are really into um, Major League Baseball are very, very disappointed. So one of them said they're probably not going to be watching any more of the major leagues. They'll just go watch some minor league baseball when they want to get their baseball fix. And I think that this is going to what they thought was going to be great and people are going to come out and support them because what they see as being the loudest voice in the room is the one they need to leverage. Right. I think it's going to be like this. You hear it all the time, the silent majority that are going to um, stop watching and it's going to hurt them. Oh, I mean the Robert Manfred, I believe is the, is the commissioner for the MLB and he's in, real hot water right now for for making that decision to kind of get them involved by by getting them out of the state um and taking a stab at the bill um 
And so basically majority of the voter or the fan base is conservative um, people that watch uh, baseball. And it's kind of, that goes the same way with football. That's why a lot of the ratings have dropped in a lot of the major yeah. league sports because they keep getting involved in politics. Um, and so he's a lot of MLB officials are concerned that there's going to be fan boycotts because that's what people have been calling for. Um, so, I mean, it's not and as there should be really, uh, in my opinion, I, I think it's, it's not their place. It's sports, right? It's ESPN, but now ESPN has people on, on air talking about, you know, what their view is on this political issue and this political issue. It's like, I don't watch ESPN to learn about politics. I go right. watch the news for that. I learned, I wanted to see what the, you know, what were the top 10 plays this week? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's so, and that's why and people are mad about it. And so rightfully so. And you think um, the people in the county are mad. They lost uh, the county um, where the game was going to be played. They say they lost a hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars. And it was like thousand, I think roughly a thousand jobs or more. And it was a uh, majority of those jobs were minority jobs. So I mean, they, I mean, they like to put themselves on a pedestal, saying they're for minorities, and they I mean, just it's, like hurt them. It's almost every time they that these you know these people, these woke liberals, try and do something to help the to help the black community in like a token way, and it ends up hurting them more than it does any good for anybody. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what happens. I mean, it's the same with with the the Black Lives Matter movement, which I mean, that's the other story we can talk about in a second, but. It's it's these people getting involved and trying to make woke decisions that they think they're doing. You know, the like Robert Manfred, the MLB commissioner, mm -hmm. never you know issued political statements before. Just decides to do this now because he thinks it's the smart thing to do. And all of a sudden, he's you know a social justice warrior. And now, I mean, there's potential he's going to lose his job for it. Which maybe he should. Yeah, maybe he should. I mean, he did it to himself. So. Uh, it's, if uh, if the people that keep him accountable weren't happy with his decision, maybe maybe he should lose his job. Uh, I agree. And this isn't the first time we've seen this. This happened in North Carolina, um, and I can't remember if it was a PGA golf game or an NBA. It was game. the NBA All Star NBA. game it was in Charlotte. NBA All -Star and they game moved it over the bathroom bill. It's it's so when. And I've said – I haven't said this on the podcast, but I've said it to other people. I don't buy a product, and I don't go to a store because of political beliefs. That has nothing to do with it. I Absolutely go, nothing to do with it. Right? I go to stores, and I buy products because I like it. Right. I I can't stand the stuff that Target puts out, their statements. But I go to the Target because it's way more convenient, and it's a lot nicer and cleaner than my Walmart. That's true. Uh I could care less about their politics. And I wish that the rest of America would follow suit in that. I mean, I don't go to Chick-fil-A because they're a Christian company. I go there because they got some dang good chicken. The best chicken. The Lord's chicken. <laughs> it's the Lord's chicken. <laughs> the Lord's chicken. Um, uh, yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's not surprising that people are going to be fed up with this kind of stuff. Because there's only so much, you know, everyday Americans are going to take with having politics inserted into every aspect of their lives. Um, Cause I know I'm getting tired of it and politics is a lot of what I do. Yeah. And so it's, it's frustrating. So I can't imagine what it's like to, you know, for a normal person to come home from work every day, turn on the news and it's the MLB is commenting on a voter bill in Georgia. I mean, it has nothing to, it's the most 
you know, ridiculous thing I've, I've seen. So it's not surprising, but. Um, they're going to do what they're going to do. And they'll just have to face the consequences of whatever happens. That's right. Um, and that kind of moves us into the last story of today, which is kind of the BLM uh, co-founder um, purchasing a $1.4 million mansion. Um, and so that was kind of a big scandal last week as well. Um, yeah, she purchased a couple, um, a couple houses that were pretty significant in value. Pretty significant in value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got like a property empire now. Um, and so I gotta ask, you know, who's paying for this? Who's paying? Where's the money at? Um, show me the money, right? So it's it, that's everyone's. Is, is asking questions. That was kind of the big scandal is like, where, how is she getting that? Where is she getting that money from? Cause as far as everyone else is concerned, black lives matter is a nonprofit, correct? It's a nonprofit. So um, I don't know where that money's coming from. Now she did on the side, uh, she did have a for-profit organization. Um, I'll, I'll look up the name and we'll, I'll, I'll tell you the name before we end, but because it was her little for-profit organization, she didn't have to list uh, her salary on the for-profit organization. No, she did not. So that's hidden. What she made on the for-profit organization is very much so hidden. But whenever you have a nonprofit and a for-profit with the same name, a little disingenuous there. Whenever you're the head of both those companies, right. and I mean, they Black Lives Matter got donations from everybody. Massive companies were were donating. Way more companies donated than than did, you know, individual African-American donors or anything like that. Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's, hold on. There's so a her, list of a handful of massive companies like Fitbit, like what, I mean, Fitbit's donating to Black Lives Matter. Like, um, so the for-profit organization was BLM Global Network. Okay. That's very, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Not sure what that does. It sounds like, you know, they're connecting those that are, interested in black lives matter the organization they're just connecting them to the globe globally throughout the world it sounds like a nonprofit just by the name of it yeah um, and so so i mean there's a lot of people especially people who were on the side of black lives matter people who are big staunch supporters yeah. of black lives matter and they're the ones that are the most upset about this because um, a lot of the other people who were not big fans of black lives matter kind of are saying i told you so right um, and a lot of people have claimed this because this whole organ this whole organization was really just a fraud. And and I know we know the founders were I know the founder said she that they're trained Marxists. Um and they're taking she, and they're taking donations from like churches and stuff. And she, Marxists are atheists. So I mean these Marxists need to start spreading some wealth over my direction. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's I mean it's it's another story where where People on the left are, have taken advantage of a crisis. You know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Was it Hillary Clinton that said that? Yeah, and uh, a lot of people on the left say that. Saul Lewinsky, I think, originally wrote it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's another perfect example of this textbook where a lot of conservatives are saying, I told you so, right? This organization comes along and takes advantage of a situation, and they only show up really in popularity on election years, if you notice yeah. that. Big in 2016, big in 2020. Um, they, and they so, just kind of disappear. Yeah, the they dissipate after that, um, and they don't address you know black on black crime that's happening everywhere. But you know, here they are with one of the co-founders purchasing a one point four million dollar home 
during a kind of a time where everyone was kind of asking recently, that's something that's been in the news cycle recently, yeah. not huge, but it's been there. People asking where, where did all those donations go? Cause there were a ton of them, right? Ton. There is a lot of money, millions of dollars of donations. And, um, and people are asking where that money going because it's not, hasn't been put back into, you know, black communities yet. We haven't seen that yet. So where, where's the donation money? And amid, amid that, you know, cir mm -hmm. circle of uncertainty, uh, the co-founder decides to purchase, you know, a million dollar home in, in a, in a neighborhood, I might add that is 88% white. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And so she's, she's getting, she's getting a lot of flack from people on both sides of the aisle, um, for, for that decision. So, um, she had a lot of options on where to live. I know Jason Whitlock, who's an ESPN analyst, ESPN analyst, of course, says comment. Um, he's making a comment saying, you know, she chose one of the whitest places in California. She'll have her pick of white cops and white people to complain about. Um, so yeah, it's uh, a lot of people are saying, I can't believe how badly everyone was played by BLM. Um, Twitter kind of just blew up about this and has been attacking the movement big time. Um, and it's, you know, especially the, the founder herself. So crazy i they, i know they were supposed to, one of the things the money was supposed to go towards was um they were going to start little chapters local blm chapters in your area mm -hmm. uh, and i'm looking right now and i'm having trouble finding a chapter near us yeah it's a lot it's a lot of the problem. Rock, that's, we're, that's we're the, outside of raleigh right now yeah <laughs> that's in the complaints the complaints that we've been seeing are basically you know where are all these promises the, all where, where are the fulfillments of these promises because the BLM said they were going to do this, this, and this with, you know, the $6 million they got from whoever. And then none of those things have happened. Um, so, I mean, again, another textbook example. Yeah, and you know, we've said it uh, once and we'll say it again. If it wasn't for uh, standards, the left would have no standards at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all the time we got. So you can remember, you can follow us on Twitter on at our personal Twitters. You can follow us on Facebook, on YouTube, and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. And you can follow us on Instagram as well at let me cut in on all of those platforms. So thank y'all for listening.